welcome to catch these vibes my name is charmonique thank you so much for tuning in you are listening to my 90s series where i talk about some of the most memorable some of my favorites some of your favorite the most classic 90s movies and in this episode we will be getting into the movie liar liar now before we begin please make sure that you are subscribed or following the podcast on whatever platform that you are using to listen to this episode so whether that be spotify apple Podcasts, google play good pods please rate review my podcast and uh, whatever episode you feel like you really really enjoy i really do appreciate it and yeah you are the real mvp for being so supportive and showing love so liar liar now before we get into this episode i did pretty much finalize the next upcoming movies that we will be getting into so a few of them i did have to ask for your all assistance to narrow down because it was it was really difficult there were some of them where I'm like "Mm, I can really do either or so I did a a poll for woo or baps and people chose baps um I did a poll for little giants or little rascals now I'm gonna be honest with y'all once that episode comes around I might get into both of them because I feel like well at that point I'll get into that we'll get into all that at a later date but yeah so I did a poll for Little Rascals or Little Giants and then I also did a poll for Runaway Bride or something to talk about so ultimately the choices were based off of the most votes Runaway Bride, Baps, and Little Rascals so Right now, we're going to get into Liar Liar. The next episode will be on The Hurricane. Then we'll have Runaway Bride after that. Then Tarzan, Baps, The First Wives Club, The Faculty, and Misery. Now, Misery was a listener request. So if you have a request or recommendation, please send them in. You can either hit me up on Instagram, Catch These Vibes Pod, or go to the website www.castthesevibespod.com and you can contact me or send an email through the website and that way you can let me know if there's a movie you would like me to do because now is your chance because by the end of this year we will be moving away from the 90s unfortunately it's gonna be sad but it's you know it's time to move on from this I've had a very good I don't know, I have fun. I have fun doing this, and it was just a cool experience to talk about some of these movies that I used to watch a lot or that I really just enjoyed as a kid growing up. So, yeah. So now is your chance. Send them recommendations in if you have any. And let's go ahead and get into this episode. All right, so my main source for this episode and majority of my episodes is IMDb, also YouTube, and sometimes I might find a random article, but I also let you know that before I read it, 
So the release date of this movie was March 21st, 1997. So Liar Liar is about <laughs> a, a lawyer, a lawyer who is a father and he got divorced from his wife for cheating and just being a liar. And overall, just kind of like a piece of shit kind of person. And so he, his son just, he gets pretty much fed up with his dad's lying. It's very hurtful to him. And, and it's very disappointing to be lied to by someone that you look up to so much and who you enjoy spending so much time with. So on his birthday, he made a wish when he blew out his candles and he wished that for a whole day his dad wouldn't be able to lie so that's pretty much what the movie is about just seeing this man be a lawyer and struggle with not being able to lie so the movie stars Jim Carrey he's Fletcher Reed Mara Tierney she's Audrey Amanda Donahue plays Miranda, then Jennifer Tilly, she's Samantha Cole, and the son, Max Reed, is played by Justin Cooper. We also have Carrie Elvis, he plays Jerry, and Haney, she's Greta, Jason Bernard, she uh, he plays the judge, and Swoozy Kurtz, she plays Dana. We have Mitchell Ryan, he's Mr. Allen. And that is pretty much the main cast members. This movie was directed by Tom Shadiak or Shadiak. So let's take a look at what Tom has directed. So he's also known for The Nutty Professor that came out in 1996. He directed that. He's also known for Ace Ventura that came out in 1994. He was a producer on I Now Pronounce You, Chuck and Larry, produced Evan Almighty, the movie Accepted. Let's see. And so as far as the writers, shout out to all the writers right now that are on strike. You know what I'm saying? I, I am in support of the writers, and I just hope that we can get to some type of resolution for the writers. And I mean all creatives in general there's just so many different ways that creators are not getting what they are due that they are being taken advantage of and they should be paid like there's no reason why the writers aren't getting paid what they deserve there's no reason why these actors and actresses aren't getting residuals from the, sh the movies and shows that we stream like that is ridiculous it's ridiculous. So I just wanted to say that. So the writers of the on this movie, um, we have Paul Gue and Stephen Mazur. Um, I always like to see. Ooh, so it looks like Paul also wrote the screenplay for The Little Rascals, the movie Heartbreakers, and. Those are the only two that I'm familiar with. And then for as far as Stephen Mazur, he also worked on Heartbreakers and Amazing Grace that came out in 2020 and Little Rascals. 
All right, so shout out to the director, shout out to the, the writers on this film. So this movie, Liar Liar, it like I said, it came out in 1997. So this is definitely one of those movies that we watched a lot. And when I say we, I mean my brother and I, we watched this movie so much. We just thought it was just really funny. But watching it now as an adult, it's still funny, but there's just some parts that were just like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if it's because I watched it so much as a kid, but there were some parts where it was just like, okay, that that was a bit much. Like, that wasn't as funny as I used to think think it was, you know, but I guess that just comes with like maturity and just my different, I guess, taste in comedy as an adult. Don't get me wrong, it's still, I still love the movie, I still feel like it's a classic, but I just feel like back then as a kid, I thought it was just way more funnier. But either way, there's still funny parts in the movie um, still to this day that I really do enjoy. Liar, liar. So again, Jim Carrey, he plays Fletcher, he is a lawyer, and the movie pretty much starts out with him having to pick up his son and he picks his son up to take him I guess to like a wrestling match and he he is trying to make partner at the firm that he works at and so the lady I think is it Miranda yeah Miranda Hold up. Yeah, Miranda. So Miranda, she is like, I guess, the lawyer that's ahead of him. So she would be the one that will like recommend him making partner. And so he's been having to like kiss her ass a lot and, you know, do all these different things to make sure that he makes partner because, you know, as a lawyer working for a firm that the type of firm that he works for, you know, I guess that is the goal for them to eventually make partner. So that's what he's that's what he's trying to do. And so Miranda, she offers this other lawyer this case. And the lawyer's like, you know, I'm not gonna lie. If I take this case, I'm gonna, you know, do it the right way. So he has, you know, his moral compass is 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 all where it's supposed to be and he's just like you know I'm not that type of lawyer so you gonna have to find somebody else and she's like well I think I know the guy that that might be the right person for this type of case and who's going to lie and and do what he has to do Fletcher he picks up his son they head back to his office before they head home and then she gives him this case and because he's you know like I said at a place where he's doing whatever, bending over backwards to impress her and to make partner, he accepts the case. And then that makes him not able to take his son to the wrestling match that they, that he promised to take him to. And so, cause he had to work all night and I guess prepare the, the paperwork to present to the client, which was um, Jennifer Tilly's character, Samantha. So obviously that's a big disappointment to his son and 
he, you know, promises him that he will be at his birthday party, which is the next day, and that they'll play catch and, you know, have a good time. He gets, he accepts the case, he works on it, he prepares the paperwork, and then the next day he presents it to Samantha and Miranda, and he gives her this whole speech to make her feel like she's not in the wrong. So the basically, the case is this lady, Samantha, she cheated on her husband, and he is suing her because I believe they, they had a prenup, and so... Because she she she's the one that cheated, you know what I'm saying? She shouldn't really be getting a whole bunch of his money because he's a really wealthy guy. And so basically Fletcher, he convinces her that it's gonna be an easy case. He's gonna be able to give get this large amount of money for her and they'll get joint custody for the kids. He basically convinces her that she's the victim and and, you know, makes it sound, seem just like she was in the wrong for sleeping, you know, sleeping with seven other guys on her husband or whatever. So he's good. You know what I'm saying? He feels like he's he has this case in the bag. Everything's going to go smoothly and he's going to impress Miranda and make partner. And so Miranda, she's so impressed by him that she ends up like throwing herself at him and they and they you know sleep together and because of that and because like I said he's so hardest to be impressive and and not let her down that he instead of him saying no I gotta go like I got somewhere to be he just you know have sex with her and maybe he wanted to do it I don't know and so because of that he ends up missing his son's birthday party so Max, he's at his birthday party. Obviously, he's sad his his dad didn't make it. And so his mom, you know, just lets him know, yeah, your dad, he had to work and and but he's gonna pick you up from school tomorrow. And so he makes it the wish that his dad can't lie for 24 hours. So he makes the wish at 8.15. So basically it starts from 8.15 and will last until, you know, for 24 hours. So 8.15 the next night. And so after he sleeps with Miranda, she, you know, she asks him how it was. And then that's when, you know, him having to tell the truth starts. So that begins him, you know, telling the truth. And so he tells her that he had better and she obviously didn't like to hear that so she kicks him out and and he gets a real kick out of it because he's just like why did I say that like why would I say I had better which is actually hilarious because just imagine that situation you just slept with someone and then someone happens to be your boss and then they're like well how is it for you and you just say oh I've, I've had better like that part is hilarious so he's just laughing and from then on He's just telling everybody the truth. Everyone in the office, he's just being brutally honest with and saying different things, which is, I, I think that part, just that whole sequence of him going into his office and just every all his interactions with the people, he's just telling them the truth, which, you know, which is funny because the day before, he was just, you know, telling everyone what they wanted to hear or what sounded right. And then now... He's telling everyone just what he really actually thinks. 
And so he gets into his office and he's just like, you know, what's going on? I don't, why am I saying these things? Why am I, you know, being so honest and just saying whatever's on my mind, not really understanding why that's happening. And so he's freaking out because he has to be in court and he has to lie, you know, to win his case and for his case to go the right way and for him to impress everyone he has to, you know, lie. So he's freaking out about that. And so the court, I guess will be, it's adjourned until 1.30. So he has to be back. So he's, he's having to, you know, figure out what to do to make sure that he says what he needs to say and is, you know, the lawyer that he's known to be so that he can win that case for Samantha and impress Miranda and make partner. So that's him trying to fight the powers that be, trying to force himself to lie, but he realizes that it's impossible. Like he cannot even lie about a color of a pen. So he's just like, what is going on? What is wrong with me? And then his um his assistant, his secretary, comes in and lets and reminds him that he's supposed to be picking up his son. Because since he didn't show up to the birthday party, he's told his wife or his ex-wife that he would pick his son up from school well that becomes a problem because he has to be back in court at 1 30 and not ain't there's no telling when that will end so he's not going to be able to pick him up so he has to call her and let her know that and actually i'm going to go ahead and play the clip for that part and your ex-wife calls she wants to know when you're coming to pick up your son Oh, I'm such a shit! Hello? Audrey? Fletcher, hi. Are you still picking Max up from school today? Here's the thing. I really can't. I had a case I was certain would settle, and it didn't, and I have to go to court this afternoon. Right. It's true. I really want to see Max today. How about that? I really do. 
Uh-huh, but things just keep coming up at the last minute, right? Yes, but this time it's different. I see. And how is that? Now I'm telling the truth. And last night you weren't. No. Well, what were you doing? Having sex. Well, I hope that it was with someone very special. No, see, that's the thing. I don't even like her, but she's a partner, and I thought I could help my career by making her squeal. <laughs> Oh, okay. So he is just like uncontrollably saying everything that he shouldn't say, but he has to tell the truth because of his son's wish. So the Audrey, she drops Max off at school. Max lets her know that he made a wish and she he wished that his dad couldn't tell a lie for 24 hours. So she lets Max know that they are going to be moving to Boston because Audrey has this boyfriend. He is Jerry. He is what what Fletcher would say, like Magoo. He's just really like... I, I wouldn't be able to date someone like him because he would definitely get on my nerves. He's just always just so, so happy and just so hunky dory and just like, just ugh, like it would definitely annoy me. And I, I'm pretty sure you can get a sense that it annoys Audrey too, but she's just trying to, you know, be with someone who's not the same as who her ex-husband was and you know he he seems like he's a good guy and he's nice and he's he does and says most of the right things so she's just trying to do something different and she's been dating this guy for about eight months and then eventually he asks her to marry him and he wants her and max to move with him to boston because he's moving out there for a job. And so she's just like, you know, why not? Like, you know, she really wanted to talk to Fletcher about it, but he didn't show up to the birthday party and he just keeps on lying and and just being disappointing. And so she's just like, you know what? Fuck it. We leaving. So they, um, she talks to him about that. And then Fletcher, he ends up calling her back and she lets him know that 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 they're going to be leaving. Like, you know, he, he's just like, you know, I, I don't, I'm not going to be able to see Max. And she's just like, well, ain't going to be no different from now because you don't really see him now. So what the hell? What I'm going to sit here and, you know, not move on with my life because I'm going to con- take you into consideration. It's just like you are a liar and you constantly be lying to max so me and max we finna go and live our best life in boston and so he's just like no no um you know don't leave i'm gonna come and and um let's talk about this because he has to be back in court at 1 30 so he's just like he's getting desperate at this point and so he rushes to try to meet her at the house, but because he's driving so crazy, he gets pulled over. And because he can't lie, he starts telling the truth about 
you know, everything he did, the fact that he has unpaid parking tickets. He's just telling this police officer everything. So the police officer impounds his car. So he has to call her and let her know that he's in jail. Oh, no, 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 no. He doesn't go to jail yet. He goes to jail later in the movie. So he pulls up to her house in the cab and she's like, what happened to your car? And so she took him to the impound to pick up his car. And she pays for it to get out because he, I guess he couldn't pay for it or whatever at the time, or he didn't have his, his checkbook or whatever. And so I'm just like, well, he didn't have his wallet. Like what? Maybe, I don't know. I don't know why she had to pay for it, but she paid for it. And so that's when she lets him know, like, we going to Boston and if, if you don't show up, because he tells her that after court, he's going to show up and they can finish having the conversation. He basically wanted to try to get talk to her and Max before they left because they wanted to leave to Boston so that they can go, I guess, look at houses or whatever. And so they were going to be leaving that night. And so he's like, please, I'll be there. I promise, you know, I'm telling the truth because I can't lie right now. And so she's like, all right, we'll wait for you. If you're not there, we gone. Like, no more chances. And so he also gets an idea to, once she tells him that he, um, once she tells him that Max made that wish, he gets the idea to, try to reverse it so he goes to max's school he brings him a cake and tries to have him make the wish again but it doesn't work and max is just like you know well i meant it when i first did the wish i'm not i don't mean it now because i don't want you to lie and then he tries to explain to him you know well everybody lies you know all adults have to lie and he tries giving him examples and he's just like you know yeah, I understand everybody lies, but when you do it, it makes me feel bad. Like it hurts me. And it's just so sad because it's just like you really feel for him. And he's just a little boy who wants to spend time with his dad. And his dad just keeps, you know, disappointing him. And so Fletcher, he feels like shit at that point. And so he ends up having to go back to the court. And so he's thinking of everything that he can do to like get a continuance that way he can once the wish pass that way he can you know do what he has to do to win the case because right now he can't lie so it's just like he doesn't really know how to go about everything because he can't lie and so and because he bigged up um he pumped up samantha's head she just like she feels like she is just supposed to get all this money and she just feels like you told you convinced me that this is the way we gonna go about it so you got to keep up on your promise like you know what i'm saying i want that i want the 11 million because he she she was offered her husband was going to give her two million dollars i mean that's a lot of money but because of how fletcher pumped her head up she wanted to go for even more money when she really didn't deserve it because she's the one she's the reason why they got a divorce anyways because she was sleeping around and they had all the evidence in the world. They had, they even had a tape of her 
having sex and taking care of having sex. So yeah, he's just like trying to get a continuance. And so one of the things he 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 he's drinking a lot of water and so he goes to the bathroom and so he decides that okay well if i get beat up then maybe there will be a, a continuance and i won't have to you know continue on with the trial or with the case or whatever for right now so that's when he starts beating himself up in the bathroom and so they find him in the bathroom all beat up and the judge asked him, do you think you can continue? Because he got to tell the truth, he says yes. So it's like he just beat himself up for no reason because that didn't get him out of it. So he has to continue on. I found him like this in the bathroom, Your Honor. Somebody beat the hell out of him. Who did this? A madman, Your Honor. A desperate fool at the end of his pitiful rope. What did he look like? About six, 280 pounds, big teeth, kind of gangly. Bailiff, have the deputy search the building. Yes, sir. Order. Order. Under the circumstances, I have no choice but to recess this case until 9 a.m. tomorrow morning. Unless, of course, you feel you can still proceed. Yes! I can't. I admire your courage, Mr. Reed. We'll take a short recess so that you can compose yourself and then we'll get started. So, oh, girl was guilty she she definitely cheated they had evidence that she cheated so she really shouldn't have been getting anything but he was going to you know willing to give her two million but she wanted to she wanted to win she wanted more money so the way that fletcher was able to get around to winning and the case going in their favor is because on her birth certificate he saw her the date that or the year that she was born and so he was able to see that when they when she signed the paperwork she was she was I believe 17 so she wasn't 18 yet because she had lied about her age and the year she was born so that she could seem older so that pretty much made everything null and void because underage people aren't able to sign any type of contracts and so that means that the pre the prenup um basically it doesn't matter because she was underage so that's how he was able to get the case um one in in uh their favor so she was able to win 11 million dollars and then so she did initially say she was cool with doing a joint joint custody but then she was like oh no I went, if, if I have sole custody, then that means that's the extra 10,000 per child in child support. Like she was just super greedy and was trying to get all the money that she could. And so Fletcher, he just was like taken aback by that. Like, damn, you just won $11 million. Now you're, you said that he was a good dad. Like, so why are you, you know, putting 20 on 10 and making things even more worse for him? 
but she was just like, well, you said that I was the victim and boop-de-boop-de-boop. Like, I, that's what I want. You know what I'm saying? She was real bitchy and she um, just was a nasty woman. And so he started to, you know, have a conscience and he felt terribly wrong for winning that case and the way that it went and the fact that this man is a good father and he was the one that was cheated on. So it was just like, he just started to feel really bad about it. And so he's, he just started, Fletcher just started to act out and he ended up being held in contempt because of, you know, he just felt like it was wrong. So that's when he goes to jail and because he ends up going to jail and he misses the six o'clock time that he was supposed to meet them at the house and they had to be at the airport because their flight left at eight so audrey and max they left and they headed to the airport and so his assistant greta she ended up bailing him out and he just you know had this epiphany like i i've been a really shitty father and I love my son, and I don't want to do this type of work anymore because it's not right. It's not fair, you know, doing all this lying. And he was like, you know, I think I'm going to open my own firm, and, and you know, I need to go get my son because he's about to leave, and I don't want to lose him. And the fact that I've been able to see him all this time whenever I wanted to and I didn't, it's like, that's crazy of me. So he rushes to go to the airport to, to meet them and this part is is stupid because like no, in no world would this would anybody do this or where this would be even possible but it's a movie so he ends up getting one of those stairs stair you know mobile staircases and so he's riding and he uh, extends it up so that it can reach the mirrors on the airplane. So he's like, he finds their mirror where they're sitting or their window or whatever. And he's like, you know, I love you, Max, and don't leave. And he ends up crashing and, and getting in an accident. And then one thing that I did not realize, but he said that he broke both of his legs. <laughs> because he got into the accident and when Audrey came to him to talk to him he's he's like I'm good I I, I broke both my legs but um I've never been better or something like that but yeah I don't remember I don't remember him ever or noticing that he actually he said that he broke his legs but yeah so him and Max they have this very touching scene and and then you know Audrey she just decides that she didn't really want to go and she breaks it to jerry because i mean ultimately i don't think jerry was really her type but she was really trying to like force herself to like just be do something different and be with someone different than fletcher and so the movie ends is a really cute ending uh it's uh, i guess it's i think it said it's like a year later and audrey fletcher and max are celebrating Max's birthday and Fletcher's like, you know, don't be making no no crazy wishes again. And then so he makes a wish and the lights go out. And then when the when he turns the lights back on, Fletcher and Audrey are kissing. And so Fletcher's like, Max, did you kiss for me, and your mom, to get back together or to kiss? Or did you wish 
you know, for that to happen. He's like, nah, I, I wish for some rollerblades. And so that's pretty much something that they did naturally. And then they they lived happily ever after as a family. So it's a really cute movie. It definitely has some funny scenes. I mean, I feel like Jim Carrey, he was perfect for this role because the everything that he did, it was just like, I couldn't, I, I can't imagine anyone else acting out these scenes and, and, and doing these crazy, over-exaggerated things that he did, but he did it and it worked. Um, one thing I also like is that there are bloopers at the end, which I, I miss seeing at the end of movies, like movies, like the ones that stick out for me um, is Rush Hour and this movie um those are off the top of my head the rush hour bloopers that they would show at the end classic hilarious and so his some of uh, the bloopers that they show at the end of liar liar are also really funny and um i just feel like it's just cool to see you know because when you watch comedies and you'd be like how did they not break character or how did they not bust out laughing and you could just get a glimpse into the times that people actually did bust out laughing and then you just hear everyone break into laughter because it's just you know so funny and it's also so silly and stupid but it's just also like because of that you want to bust out laughing so it's just cool to see those bloopers at the end of the movie so this movie definitely has like a soft spot for me i really would have done either this one or the or mask which mask is also like a classic which you know i definitely could have done either or but since this is the first jim carrey movie we definitely have to talk about his filmography i don't think i've done any other movie with him i'm yeah i'm pretty sure this is the first one so we just have to talk about his filmography and uh, some of my favorite movies of his so just to go into the 90s he did a TV movie in 1992 called Doing Time on Maple Drive. Itsy Bitsy Spider short. He voiced the exterminator. Then we have Ace Ventura, the pet detective that came out in 1994. And he also was in the show In Living Color from 1990 to 1994. And then The Mask came out in 1994. He's Stanley Ipkiss. I, I really like saying that name. And then Dumb and Dumber came out in 94 as well. He was in Batman Forever in 95 as the Riddler. I actually really like Batman Forever. I watched it all the time. Well, not all the time, but that was like the one of the main Batmans that I watched. Batman Forever and Batman Returns with, um, with um, Michael Keaton. And then 1995, Ace Ventura, When Nature Calls, 1996, The Cable Guy. And then here we have Liar Liar that came out in 97, The Truman Show, 98, a movie called Simon Birch, 98, Men on the Moon, 1999. And then we're, here we are getting to the 2000s. So in 2000, Me, Myself, and Irene, that movie definitely one of my favorites of his we watched that a lot then how the grinch stole christmas also came out in 2000 bruce almighty 2003 another one of my favorites of him 
um, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, 2004, A Series of Unfortunate Events, 2004, Fun with Dick and Jane, 2005, The Number 23, 2007. I remember going to see that with one of my uh, good friends. We went to go see The Number 23, and when we got out the theater, I swear we started adding up everything and it and it was just like it became like a little obsession for a very short period of time but everything was uh equal in 23 it was it was funny that's just something I remember so I didn't realize that these movies came out like in the 2000s like yes men came out in 2008 I didn't know I didn't realize it was that old that's 15 years, the same age as my son. That's crazy. But I think Yes Man is my favorite out of like, I don't know. Like if I was to rank, I would probably have Yes Man like very high on my list because that movie is just perfect. Like just the com- the comedy in it is just, it's just so funny. And the idea of the movie, like him having to say yes to everything it's just hilarious to me, and I love him and Zoe Deschanel um, dynamic. I like um, Bradley Cooper, how he's his friend in there. I just really enjoy that movie. So that's definitely one of my favorites of Jim Carrey's. Um, 2011, he was in Mr. Popper's Penguins. I haven't seen that. He was in The Incredible Burt Wonderstone to 2013, Kick-Ass 2. Um, to 2013, Anchorman 2, The Legend Continues, Dumb and Dumber 2, 2014, Dark Crimes 2016, Sonic the Hedgehog 2020. So yeah, shout out to Jim Carrey and his his very, very funny and amazing filmography. So if I had to just name my favorites of his, obviously this one lie liar the mask fun with dick and jane uh, me myself and irene yes man and bruce almighty those are like my favorites and that not in any particular order all right so let's get into some did you know facts so according to the interview with jim carrey he says that the gag of fletcher chasing his son as the claw was something carrey's father did to him and his siblings so that's something that he and max have that you know something that they bond over he chases him with his hand he calls it the claw and it basically just like you know tickles him so when fletcher beats himself up in the restroom no sound effects were used those are really the sounds of Jim Carrey's head slamming into the urinal floor and the walls. Talk about commitment. Like he was really slamming his head in the toilet and just he's just very, very committed to his roles. And, you know, shout out to him for that, because I, I wouldn't be able to do dog do all that now. So Jim Carrey declined the role of Dr. Evil in Austin Powers, International Man of Mystery, so he could be committed to this role and also to take a break away from having to lose his hair, put on makeup and wear eye contacts for a role. When Fletcher is having the pin war in his office, he comes up from behind the desk with the word blue written all over his face. On his left jaw, B.B. King is written amongst all the blues. (laughs) 
Wow. Jim Carrey got so into his character that he said he would go home with total exhaustion. I bet. Because he does, it's a lot. Like, like, um, just the, just even the fighting scene, the way he was throwing himself around and, and beating him up, beating on himself and just the, the different parts where he has to like commit to, um, like, you know, talking really fast when he's telling different jokes. Like there's a roast scene where he, um, is joking. So we had to talk about this scene. So once, so Miranda, she gets really, you know, butthurt because after they had sex, he was like, I had better. And so she was mad about that. And then, so she overheard, Fletcher telling his assistant Greta that he was unable to lie like he just had to tell the truth so she wanted to use that against him and so she was like uh yeah let's go meet with you know the head honcho guy and um so she wanted to you know use that to her advantage and have him say something that would like you know fuck up his chances of making partner and so she was like, so yeah, what do you think of, you know, so-and-so? And then he told her what he thought. And she was like, okay, well, let's go, you know, see him right now. Because she wanted him to tell, do what what he thought of him. And it really backfired on her, which is it's a hilarious scene. Because you would, you just wouldn't expect it to go that way. So he goes in there and he tells him, you know, I think you're, he, he, he said a whole lot whole lot of different adjectives but he just was like yeah you're pretentious boop, 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 boop. and instead of the the guy getting upset about it or being offended he started laughing and he was like you know I love a roasting session and he so he's he had Fletcher roast everybody at the table and it just was this big old laughing scene everybody's just cracking up so it it backfires on her and that's a really funny scene so Jim Carrey agreed to do the film after reading the script, feeling happy to play a character who was a normal person, mainly because he doesn't have to alter his hair and put on makeup for the role. So the script wasn't always about a lawyer. Fletcher was almost a politician or a real estate agent. Hmm. Yeah, that would have been interesting. I wonder how they would have done it if he was a real estate agent you know because the just it just flowed perfectly because he was a lawyer and he could and as a lawyer you you know depending on what type of lawyer you are most likely you have to lie and so it is I guess it would have been like a very different movie if he wasn't an, a lawyer like a, a politician I mean I could see how they could have done that but yeah, that would have been interesting. So when Max asks his father, if I keep making this face, will it get stuck that way? Fletcher replies, no. In fact, some people make a good living that way. This is a tongue in cheek reference to Jim Carrey's own career. So once Max realizes that, I believe it's when he goes, Fletcher goes to his school so Max realizes that his wish actually came true. And so he starts asking him these different questions while, you know, he can't lie about it. So the script was turned down nine times before producer Brian Grazer bought it. He only heard two sentences about the movie before he bought the idea. 
filmmakers purposely chose not to explain why the wish came true, which I'm okay with. I mean, we didn't really need an explanation on why the wish came true. Yeah, that wasn't needed. I know some people, I sometimes be like, I want movies to make sense. I want explanations. I want you know, reasoning behind certain things. But I don't think with this movie, I ever was like, well, how does that work? How did, how did the wish come true? Like, what is, does he have some type of secret magic power that he could wish things? And it just like, no, like I, I didn't think that deep into it. So um, I'm glad they didn't even care to, you know, expound on that. So Steve Martin turned down the lead role in this film due to scheduling conflicts with another film titled Sergeant Bilko, which came out in 1996. Martin even previously turned down another lead role that Jim Carrey would take, which is Lloyd Christmas in Dumb and Dumber, 1994. Steve Martin, I could see him. I think, yeah, I think I could see him playing this role. Um... I just, I don't know, I, some parts I I don't really see. Like, I don't see him beating himself up and committing to that part as much as Jim did. But maybe I'm wrong. I mean, I've seen a few movies with Steve Martin in it. And I could be, you know, I could be wrong. Maybe he could commit to doing that. So this was the first movie after the roles. Ace Venture, The Mask, Dumb and Dumber, Batman Forever, Ace Venture and the Nature Calls, and The Cable Guy, where Jim Carrey was happy to have his own hairstyle and not be in makeup. Yeah, so in all those movies, he did have to do makeup with The Mask. I'm pretty sure with The Mask, that was a lot of makeup. There was a lot probably in Batman Forever as well. In Ace Venture, he did have that, you know, different hairstyle. Um, And in Cable Guy, his hair was cut. So... In this movie, he wasn't, he didn't have to do all that, which is, I guess, you know, like a relief. Because some movies you hear about, about them being in makeup for hours. So the filmmakers were influenced by the movie Big that came out in 1998 that stars um, Tom Hanks. So that was another popular movie about a boy's wish coming true. Big is a really good movie. I like that movie a lot. But and I definitely would have did it, but it, it came out in '88, so not a '90s movie. So this is interesting. So when Steve Martin was connected to the film, it was quite different in many ways. Martin's version of Fletcher Reed would already be successful in his career, still married, but a bad marriage, and they would have multiple kids. When Jim Carrey was cast in the role, elements were tweaked to better suit his age. Fletcher Reed is up and coming in his career, divorced and has one child. Yeah, I was thinking that because I feel like Martin is definitely older than Jim. So his appearance will be different. He just would seem to be in a different place in life. So, yeah, that's interesting. So the original screenplay by Paul Gua and Stephen Muzzer was rewritten from scratch by director Tom Shadiak and Mike Bender with further rewrites being performed by Steve Oderskirk during filming. Though the basic concept of a man being unable to lie 
for 24 hours and having to rebuild his relationship with his young son was retained. Nearly everything else was scrapped. So although Robin Williams declined the role of Fletcher Reed, which was eventually played by Jim Carrey, he did eventually work with Tom Shadiak, director of this film, the following year in Patch Adams, which also proved a box office success for Universal Studios, who also released this film. Robin Williams. Well, I think he could have did this role too. Because he definitely commits to his roles. He definitely could be very um, silly. You know, we've seen, you know, how silly and, and how committed he was in Miss Doubtfire. So, yeah. But then again, I like I said, like I always say, the people that get the role, I feel like usually are the pe- per- people that are meant for the role. I definitely feel like Jim Carrey was perfect for this role. So Jim Carrey, a divorced father himself, jokingly applauds Fletcher Reed's calmness at the end in the airport, also joking that if he was in a situation, he had done much worse to prevent his ex-wife taking his daughter away from him. Hmm. Okay. Thank you so much for tuning in. That is our episode. Next week, we'll be getting into the movie The Hurricane starring Denzel Washington. Hope everyone has a blessed week. And again, thank you so much for listening. Vibe out.